No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in. Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. A movie-themed edition, or I guess a pop culture-themed edition of the show. Sean Crespin, for those of you seeing the video format, wearing a Randy Watson shirt. Yeah. I have a, and I have a Scoops Ahoy hoodie on from Stranger Things. So we are pop culture themed here Do on the Do you Wednesday. even know? You you have no idea who Never Randy seen Watson even is. Never seen the movie. Randy uh, Watson. Way, but we brought, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We brought this up in the pre-show, and I named the movie. I have you never did. seen it. But I named the movie because I knew the reference. Proud of you on that one, dude. Yeah, but Randy Watson is the uh, the lead singer of the uh, sensational band uh, Sexual Chocolate from the movie Coming to America. So there's uh, another one coming out in a couple days, right? Yeah, Amazon, yeah, Amazon you're, you're Prime. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked yeah. for it. Okay, I'm a little nervous because well, you wait this long to do a remake. It always you teeter yeah. with it. You're ruining well, a good thing. And Coming to America might be a top five comedy movie of all time to me. So it's tough. It's, it's tough to replicate. It's hard. Yeah. Like it's to me watching that as a kid growing up and it's just been, I quote that movie to this day. It's, it's one of my favorites of all time. So, uh, hence the Randy Watson sexual chocolate t-shirt that I got on. So, uh, yeah, but it, it, a couple days from now, we'll see my, my expectations are tempered a little bit. I think B train Bertrand Barry and I are going to watch it together. Cause he's also a huge fan of that particular movie. So okay. we're going to, we're going to, we'll have our full review I was after, gonna say, can we get a review on the show here? Yes. Can, can we do that? Okay, perfect, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, we'll bring we'll okay. bring on we'll bring B Train on. We'll do a full review of coming to coming to America too. Again, expectations tampered a little bit. Okay, awesome, awesome. Can't wait mm-hmm. for that. Uh, pop culture to the side. A lot of sports news to get into here on a Wednesday show. Sean, if you could please let the big voice guy tell us do the thing in the lead. Let's get this show started. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, you went to bed last night. Mm-hmm. Woke up today. The Phoenix Suns are in second place in the Western Conference. That's right. You went to bed last night and you woke up today. The Suns, second place in the Western Conference. Yeah, you got the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns just sitting there right now. Like, look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> Not uh, me either, Paul well, Rudd. We could get Paul Rudd here on the show. Fantastic. <laughs> but yes, the, the Phoenix Suns beat the Los Angeles Lakers last night. And trust me, this is not the only place we're going to talk about it here. It is coming up next. We're going to get into everything that happened in this game last night because it's not as simple as saying Suns beat the Lakers, move into second place in the Western Conference. There's a lot to discuss about that basketball game. But the Suns woke up today, second place, three games back, I believe, in the long. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. <laughs> Here the Suns are in second place right now, the two seat in the Western Conference. And, and Sean, listen, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago. What would it take to move this team into tier two or into tier one in the Western Conference? Beating the Lakers. I know they were shorthanded, didn't have Anthony Davis, didn't have Kyle Kuzma, but you go on the road and you beat the Lakers. And there's, you know, a big, they didn't have Devin Booker for a lot of the second half of that yeah. basketball game. That's a big win. So we will get into this more. But Sean, the second place Phoenix Suns, it feels good to say. It's no, really good to say. Uh, and and again, you got to win over the Lakers heading into the break. You know, you're you're the back half of your schedule. Actually, you have a couple of home stretches where you've got five plus games in a row at home. But the road games, if you look closely, and they got a handful of them down the stretch to wrap up the season. You know, the first half you had the Bucks come to you. You had the right. Nets come to you. And now you got to go there. Now, in the second now when you half go back season. Eastern, yep, the second absolutely. half you're on the road against all those teams. So um, the games you can get now. And, and build that cushion, if you will, because you want to stay out of that play-in 
portion of the of the standings, right? You want to stay out of the seven through tens. You want to be on the one through sixes where you just punch your ticket, not have to worry about anything at the end of the year. If you want to do that, yeah, get yourself a little bit of a buffer now because the back half of the schedule, despite the home stands, can be the road trips can be a little tough. We are we are 14 days away from the opening of NFL free agency. We are 12 days away from the legal tampering period opening up in the National Football League. And Sean, Diana Rossini spoke to a head coach today. She put this out on her Twitter account this morning. Here is a quote from the head coach about what is about to happen here in the next days. And it's already started, right? The Jets made some cuts yesterday. Kyle Van Noy got cut or is supposed to get cut from the Miami the Dolphins. Dolphins. I can't believe so, it. One year into that uh, that contract. It was a four-year deal, but they structured it in a way that allowed them to get out kind of cleanly here after year one. So we're, we're already starting to see it. Here's a quote from an NFL head coach that spoke to Diana Rossini. Quote, it's going to be a massacre all around the league, end quote, talking about some of the players that are become going to become available. And Michael Bidwell went on SiriusXM NFL and said a very similar thing, that there are going to be some surprises of some of the t- names and talent that are going to be available. This has been kind of the, the you know, the secret, the best, you know, worst-kept secret in the National Football League because the cap's coming down. These teams know what they're going to do, right? These teams have known for a while that the cap is going to come down, so they probably had a list of names already kind of put together of who they're going to cut. Now we're just going to see it play out here over the next week or so. Sean, next week, I think there's going to be a lot of names that we're going to be talking about on this show to say, hey, could the Cardinals be interested in X player or Y player now that they've hit the free agency market? Because I think there's going to be a lot of talent available. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. I mean, I'm looking at over the cap right now, just scrolling through every team. There's a lot of teams at in the cap rep. space. There's a lot of teams there, but there's a lot of teams like you know. I just clicked on the Miami Dolphins, and they're trying to open up more cap space. You just talked about the Van Noy deal, but they got 31 million about 31 million available to right now. You click on the Broncos, you know they've got 42 million available to, available to them right now based on the the structured cap. And you know there's a lot of teams in that same boat. The Indianapolis Colts. We talked about them how. They've got a team ready to win now, and they have $43 million in cap space. So I think you're going to have a handful of names that you weren't anticipating being on the market this year, you know, uh, before the COVID situation that's going to, that are going to end up on the market. But I don't necessarily know if it's going to be that bad, just because there are a lot of teams that do have some cash. Now you go through some of the who's who's of the National Football League, though the Kansas City Chiefs, they're in the red by $23 million. Um, you know, the, the, uh, I think the Buffalo Bills, they're in the red as well. So you look at the AFC side of things and try to, you know, look at the who's who of the, of the conference. And yeah, they're going to have to cut some people. So you'll have some eyebrows mm-hmm. raised there. But I, there's a lot of teams that are still going to have the ability to spend. So it's going to be fascinating, I think, either way. You know, I just clicked on Cleveland. They've got 20, 20 million available to them. And they're a player in the AFC. Yes, you heard me say that. I don't always rip on the Browns. Love that. I love it. (laughs) So you got some teams that have the ability to spend. I think Jacksonville's got a plethora of cash. Yeah, $82 million available to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So not every team's going to have to go through this, you know, chopping process of their roster. And I think there's a lot of teams that are going to be able to have a quick turnaround because I think Mm -hmm. there'll be a lot of players who end up do getting cut. I don't think it's going to be a massacre like she's saying. Uh, All due respect, but... um, Or that coach that was talking to, to her, but... The, uh, I, there's going to be some teams that are going to be able to get players, I think, on a one-year type prove-it deal because reset play, the market. players know that there's yep. no cash right now. But next year, TV deals are coming up. Yeah, so give me that, and hopefully they're back towards where the, the cap was anticipated to be this year, which was 210. We're at 180. 
you know, next year I might be able to cash in. So I don't want to lock myself in anywhere at a low number. Go ahead and give me a one-year contract now, and then, you know, I'll get that big deal next year. I think you'll have a lot of opportunities like that. So it's going to be fascinating either way. I don't think it's going to be quite as devastating as some people are fearing because there are a lot of teams that won't have to be cutting bait and, and can spend in the market. So we'll see. But, yeah, the uh, right around the corner, new league year. I will use this opportunity to once again mention that the the, the Saints are in uh, salary cap hell. They are oh my god! Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even bother. Cap. Didn't even bother um, clicking on their page. Yeah, they're 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 in a lot of trouble. So they're going to be cutting a lot of different people. Uh, that's it for in the lead because we have a lot of local stories to get into. So there you have it. There's the the the, the major stories that are going across the world of sports. But coming up next here on Noble with Chris Kretzman and Simone, they went on the road to the Staples Center. They beat the Lakers. They're second in the West. But there's more to it than that. We'll get into the Suns' victory last night next here on Noble with Chris Kretzman and Simone. Schubert. So now I've got six thousand five hundred and twelve vehicles at my fingertips. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what you out there if you're in the market for new vehicles waiting for either 6,512 vehicles at your fingertips and with a company you know you can trust a name you know you can trust Earnhardt Auto Centers Nobull.com is where you want to go at Nobull.com you've got thousands of vehicles at all times for you to browse you've got the Noble Express option where they're going to bring a vehicle to your front door for you to test drive you're going to fill out the financial application right there online you're going to bring your brand new ride ready to go right to your front door as well as soon as that buying process is over it's the Earnhardt commitment to world class service and prices that can't be beat at your fingertips, 24 hours a day, online, nobold.com. Again, 6,512 vehicles. I'm looking at them right now across their 17 brands and 21 locations. What are you waiting for? Nobold.com is where you want to go. Earnhardt Auto Centers, nobold.com, no bull express option. That ain't no bull. Coach in the follow. What explanation did you get on Booker's two texts? I didn't. I didn't need one. I didn't get one because we had to move on, and you know that's what we have to do in those moments. Um, I saw talking. I saw back and forth, and, and to be honest with you, I didn't need an explanation. You know, for for us to be the team that we need to be, can be, we got to be able to handle those moments even when they don't go our way, and, and that's what I had to do. I had to move on and, and get Cam Johnson into the game and and uh, go to the next play. Suns coach Monty Williams there, post-game, being asked, hey, did you find out why Devin Booker got two technicals back-to-back? The back hell to happened, back? coach? The hell happened? And I, lo- and I love that answer. Didn't need one because mm-hmm. I had to focus on keeping this game where it was. The Suns were up about five points, I believe, at that point. They ended up winning the game by 10, winning 114-104 over the Lakers. And, Sean, I think the resilience of this basketball team because – the, the game got extremely physical in the second half. The Suns enter that ball game. They go into halftime with a lead. And, and you and I were actually um, – we had the game on in the background. We were doing some work. And I, we were, we, I was mentioning that Dwayne Wade said, listen, you have a lead here at halftime during the halftime show. You have a lead here at halftime. You want to be taken seriously in the Western Conference. You go out and you finish the deal. You win this basketball game. And that kind of took me back of, okay – I agree with Dwayne Wade, but to hear somebody kind of put that out there as big of a name as Dwayne Wade in the halftime show, putting the Suns kind of on notice, hey, you want to be taken seriously, you win this basketball game. And the game got extremely physical in the second half and specifically in the third third quarter. quarter, Ultimately led to what we saw with the two texts from Devin Booker, him leaving the game, Monty Williams not getting an explanation. I still don't know what happened. Um, But Sean Crespin, you told me in the pre-show that you got exclusive audio here. I don't know how you tracked this down. I don't know who Mm -hmm. in L.A. you talked to, but you got exclusive audio of what occurred between Devin Booker. Because even LeBron James after the game said he was focused on the basketball game. He didn't hear what was said. So So I actually tracked it down. This is is exclusive audio from from the floor last night. Suck my I'll murder your family! You're good! 
What did I say? You said S my C. I didn't say anything. You said S my C. I barely raised my voice. I should call your mother. So that's that that right there. That got you two T's. You can't say that. You got you two T's for for Devin. He was out. So so I, mean, I don't want to derail the whole program, but I've never seen that movie either. <laughs> so, Semi pro. You never seen never Semi seen pro. It. That's never Jackie seen it, but a great. But yeah. a great call by you there uh, mm -hmm. to, to pull that audio. No, we're still we're kind of still all wondering what happened to earn the the two technicals and and there uh, the NBA uh, on TNT crew did a great job of pulling the clip and putting it together so you're able to see where he got the first because they were back to back where he got the first and where he got the second and the only thing I can think of is he must have said something. Of course, right? He, did. he must have said something that the one, the official was like, "Uh, uh, you're done." He said but, the magic word for the first one, and then he aggressively throws the ball. Not even I can't, okay. Let me remove that word. It wasn't it was aggressively, a good but it was, it was a little was bit really, of a harder a, bounce pass than you ordinarily minute, would. So, but it wasn't even then, that ref that teed him up. It wasn't know, even the ref he which, used the bounce pass. Which to. means, which means, more than likely, yeah. he said the magic he word to the first official. Then, when bounce pass occurs, says magic word to second official. And third official overhears it and says. That bam, two, you're gone. Uh, either way, this is just another example, in my opinion, of the lack of respect for Devin Booker amongst this league. You got to tell me if LeBron James argues a call, says a couple magic words, that he's going to get run from that game and is you, exactly not a chance in hell. And you're talking okay. about a Suns team that is right now, as we talked about, number two in the conference, uh, playing good basketball and should be getting, you know, you don't. The officials shouldn't be trying to take over a basketball game between two Western Conference top-tier teams who were battling it out. Don't get in the damn way. There was no reason to throw out Booker in that situation. You're taking one of the game's premier players, removing him from a premier game on national TV. Don't mm -hmm. become the spotlight, dude. Like, this isn't about you. There's nothing worse than that when it comes to officiating in basketball. NBA college doesn't matter. It's not about you. Stop right. it. Don't throw yeah. out unless he did something egregious, which I didn't see it. And you but know, he might have said something egregious. He we may don't have know. said he may have said S my C like Jackie Moon there in the clip. Who knows? Nope. But even if he did, even if he did, you don't run him in that situation. You just don't. Now, to the mm -hmm. Suns' credit, to Monty Williams' credit, and I love that response. That's why I wanted Great to play response. it there about. Great yeah, response. I don't need a. I don't, you know, I don't need an explanation an because explanation. it's not going to do any to win good. A game. Here we yeah. go. Let's move on. And the Suns actually went from a seven-point lead at that point to winning by more than that. They grew the lead post Devin Booker. So it, 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 you give the team credit for just being able to move on. But if you're the official, that was absolutely it's, atrocious it's officiating. It's brutal. Atrocious. It's, yeah. It's egregious. It, 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 it's unbelievable that, that that Devin Booker got run for whatever he said in that spot. But Sean, I, I listen. I want to talk about what they did after Devin Booker got ejected from this basketball game because if I, Sean, if I tell if I told you at the beginning of the season, beginning of the season, before everything we've seen, that late in March or beginning of March, excuse me, late in February, beginning of March. The Suns are going to play the Lakers in the Staples Center. Devin Booker is going to get ejected in the second half of the basketball game, not play the entire fourth quarter. And Chris Paul is only going to have eight points. Would you have said that the Phoenix Suns were going to win the basketball game? No. I don't think you would have. No, I don't think not you by, would have said not by double win. digits, especially. And that's it. And that's exactly what they did. Mikel Bridges with another big night. You know who had a massive night off the bench was Dario Sarge. He yep. played incredible in that basketball game. Him and CP3 really had their their magic going in the third quarter. I mean, Chris Paul didn't even play last like six minutes of the game. They 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 the, the Phoenix Suns had this game so under control that they just 
they kind of do. CP3 was on the bench. DeAndre Ayton, I don't think played much, if at all, in the fourth quarter either. Monty Williams had a rotation that he liked, um, and and they ran with it. And I was thoroughly impressed with with the way that they played the second half of this basketball game in particular, because it would have been very easy for Devin Booker to have gotten ejected, them holding on to a five seven point lead to let LeBron and company kind of storm back. They never let them do that. They hit big shot after big shot when it felt like the Lakers might have been going on a run. And they played an extremely good basketball game. And Sean, I don't know if I've said this on the show today, but with the win, they wake up this morning second place I know. in the Western and, Conference. And, and they've now flipped the Lakers. So it's them and Utah 1-2 right. on top of the Western Conference. I don't know if I mentioned that yet. I wanted to make sure that yeah. we brought it up here on the show. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. It's one of my favorite clips on the internet. It really is. It is. It's just on. Un, it's undefeated. You know what else was 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 it was impressive last night that because of the chippiness in the third quarter, multiple technical fouls, some flagrant fouls mixed in there as well, and Markeith Morris being Markeith Morris in a couple instances as well, right? Like with some hard fouls. Some you know they even went to the tape on one of them to take a look and yes, see what did. type of foul it was. Um, the Suns didn't allow that to get in their heads at all. Like, and they, they didn't let that mess they up their flow. Like, the flow was messed game. up in that game too. Yeah, they played their game that second half. Yeah. With everything going on around him, you're not wrong. Booker gets run, you know, everything that could have made this team just implode. Put it this way. Things that would have made past Phoenix Suns teams get blown out by 20 at the Staples Center, Anthony Davis or no Anthony Davis, they didn't allow to happen last night. They didn't allow those things to become an issue, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in quicksand, and one thing leads to another, and the next thing you know, you're in over your head. They didn't allow any of that to happen. That that was a very impressive last night. Am I sitting here right now telling you that at full strength the Phoenix Suns are better than the LA Lakers in a seven game series? No, I'm not. But it's last the, but, but last what night, what the standings say, Sean? It's what the standings <laughs> say. Yeah, but last night, um, that felt good. That that was a, that was a nice win despite everything else going around with that basketball game. That's a that's a really solid win for the Phoenix Suns. It's three in a row for this basketball team, and it's Golden State up next on the schedule tomorrow night. And, yeah, and, uh, you know that's another thing I keep pointing out, and they they've done it again after after their last four losses. So you go back to the Pelicans' loss, ugly loss, right? February third, they lose the Pelicans one twenty three one hundred one on the road. After that, excuse me, I'm gonna go back before that. The Oklahoma City Thunder game on January twenty seventh. They lose that game. Everybody's thinking, what the hell, man? It's three in a row. Uh, at you that win. Point. You win three in a row. You lose the Pelicans. Ugly game. What the hell? You lose. You win six in a row after that. Mm-hmm. You lose to the Nets in the embarrassing brutal fashion loss. of the Worst second half. The right, second half brutal, unbelievable. You win three in a row. You lose to the Charlotte Hornets. You win three in a row. So though a handful of those losses I just mentioned to you, you feel like they're unacceptable because they're the sub five hundred basketball teams. The way the team responded and didn't compound it by stacking losses also something impressive and to keep an eye on. They 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 they're stacking wins after losses opposed to mm-hmm. allowing things to kind of get out of hand. And again, veteran leadership, the Chris Pauls of the world, the Crowders of the world, the growth of, of CP3, uh, excuse me, of Devin Booker in terms of a leader, uh, Mikel Bridges, the whole the whole group. It's just impressive what they've been able to do when, when adversity has crept in in different moments this year, in different ways. And by the way, we learned Devin Booker going to uh, once again take part in the three-point Yeah, three-point We learned that yesterday. That should be fun as well. Unless I'm he going gets to say- ran for, for some reason. Somebody that's might run point. him. That's, you know, who that's knows? fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Maybe maybe Sean can you can track down uh, exclusive audio. He might of that bounce pass to somebody a little too well, aggressively, no, and they the, might that's run the him out. Competition. Of now, okay. if he was in the skills competition, I would be a little concerned about that. But in the three point contest, I think he's he's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna- 
I'll murder your family! You can't say that, Devin. You can't no, you say cannot. That'll that. Get you wrong. Right. Okay. So I, I'm going to say what you just said in, in, in a different format. Since starting the season uh, eight and eight, Sean, the Suns are 15 and three since that point. They yes. started the year eight and eight, 500. Well, they are 15 and three since that point. Yeah. And if you want to talk about, you know, Devin Booker, uh, you know, as well, if you look at from when he came back, so now 16 games. I had the numbers yesterday for the radio show of his last 15 games because that's you know, when he came back from that hamstring injury. But if you take his last 16 games, actually, I'm going to remove last night because last night, you know, he only he 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 uh, he only had the 17 because he didn't play for the second half. But the 15 games before last night's game, from the moment he came back from the hamstring injury until going into that Lakers game last night, dude's averaging 27.9 points a game, so almost almost 28 points a night, just under 30, and he's shooting at 52 percent in in the last 15 games. He's been sensational. Devin Booker's been every every bit of an all star in the last since he came back from that injury. Uh, he's been unbelievable. So uh, he needs to get more credit. He needs to not be ran from basketball games because, especially a game like that, Suns Lakers, which is going to mean something in the standings later on in the year, more than likely. You don't run a superstar, and that's what he is. He needs to start being treated by treated like one. Uh, the LeBron James tweet of of Devin Booker is the most disrespected player in our league resurfaced last night. Yeah, Good, it got it retweeted. It, yeah. It, well, uh, you know, LeBron saying it, and then that being LeBron's tweet, it got resurfaced into my timeline at least last night when watching the basketball game. Coming up next, the Suns are not the only top story in town. J.J. Watt is now a member of the Arizona Cardinals, but how improved does it make the Cardinals' defense? Sean's got stats. We'll get into it next. <laughs> there are no bowl with Chris Crespin and Zamoni. more it's just signs kept pointing back down here you know there's there's a lot of exciting things about what's happening down here in Arizona um, I've always said in this league you have to have a quarterback to have a chance and there's a, a young extremely talented quarterback here who can do big things and is going from year two to year three and can take an even bigger jump to continue to grow and progress and be even better um, then you've got I mean you've got DeAndre Hopkins who's one of the best wide receivers in the league I'm obviously very familiar with You've got a defensive scheme and, and that's led by Vance Joseph, who I was with my first three years down in Houston uh, when under Wade Phillips. And, and Vance runs a similar scheme to Wade, which is a scheme I'm very familiar with and very comfortable with and excited to play in. Newest member of the Arizona Cardinals, J.J. Watt, talking to the media yesterday about some of the reasons why he ultimately chose the Arizona Cardinals and we're still trying to get the official numbers on the contract, Sean. There was the report yesterday, or when this, the, the signing happened on Monday, two years, thirty-one million dollars. It looks like it's more in the in the in the area of two years, twenty-eight million dollars, with incentives that get it to thirty-one. And of course, the big thing for you and I here on this show is what that breakdown looks like year to year, because it will impact what the Cardinals are able to do the rest of this offseason. So we're still waiting for some of the specifics on that to help get a better picture of what the Cardinals have working. But this is uh, this has been the big story over the last couple of days, Sean. Since uh, JJ Watt put out that. Tweet on, on Twitter of him working out with an Arizona Cardinals shirt on and said, "Source me uh, that he is signing with the Arizona Cardinals." And and you, my friend, you, my friend, have got some well, statistics here uh, to maybe maybe you're gonna are you gonna throw uh, water on this on this parade? Are you okay, just no, okay, no, no, I'm not. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna well maybe a little bit of both here, right? It's not <laughs> it's not every day that you introduce a three time NFL Defensive Player of the Year, a five a five time first team All Pro. A dude that's a member of the 100 Sack Club, right? There's only 35 players since since sacks became an official statistic who are part of the 100 Sack Club. It's not every day you bring that guy to your team. You should be stoked. You should be excited.
excited if you're an Arizona Cardinal fan. This is a big deal bringing in JJ okay. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. Done. End of story. Right. Let's go. Let's move now, on to the next thing. Once, no, once you <laughs> once you get over the excitement of the push notification that was sent to your phone, J.J. Watt coming to the Arizona Cardinals. Once you get over hearing him talk and seeing him at the Cardinals facility and imagining him as an Arizona Cardinal, now it's time to look forward, right? Look forward and and discuss just how improved is this Cardinals defense, insert J.J. Watt. But you also, I think, to answer that question, have to decide what the opportunity cost is to acquire a J.J. Watt, especially at a double-digit cap hit, which I believe we're going to have. There's some, some you know, we'll have to wait to find out the exact numbers, but more than likely you're going to have a double-digit cap hit considering that contract is over $30 million uh, over the course of two years. It's at least going to be pushing a double-digit cap hit. So the name that came into my head, Schubert, and let me know if this, okay. this was also the same for you, was, was a guy we've talked about a lot in this program, Hassan Reddick, and the much-discussed decision of, franchise tag or not franchise tag Hassan Reddick well I think that's been answered I think bringing in JJ Watt I, I think he's gone right that's yeah, my immediate it, that, that 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 decision's already been made for you and you're moving on from from a Hassan Reddick Patrick Peterson we'll have to wait and find out what do these numbers look like what does Patrick Peterson's market look like but for the sake of this discussion in terms of how improved is this Arizona Cardinals defense overall let's just look at JJ Watt and Hassan Reddick because essentially if you would have franchise tagged Hassan Reddick would have been 15 million ish. JJ Watt getting 30 plus million a year. Cap hit's probably going to be somewhere in the ballpark. So it's almost like you just traded JJ Watt for, or just traded, you know, Hassan Reddick for JJ Watt. Money is going to be, I think, similar in that Can situation. Can I add one thing here? Yeah. Can I add one thing here to back you up? Yes. Even if JJ Watt's cap number comes in lower than the, than the number that was uh, the franchise tag Hassan, for Hassan Reddick, right. if the Cardinals do not bring back Hassan Reddick in any capacity, it is still a swap. Right? Correct. You would still have swapped those two players. Right. In terms of production, absolutely. Yes. So, you know, that's what I looked at here. And remove Hassan Reddick, insert J.J. Watt. Now, I know you're what you're going to say. They play different positions. You're correct. But in terms of what the Arizona Cardinals are going to ask J.J. Watt to do, very similar to what they finally asked Hassan Reddick to do last year, get behind the line of scrimmage, wreak havoc. Tackles for loss, get after the quarterback. That's that's your job. Push forward. That's your job. All right? The Arizona Cardinals last year didn't have a problem getting after the quarterback. The Cardinals had 48 sacks last year. That's three per game. That's good enough for fourth in the National Football League. Hassan Reddick had 12 and a half of those. And I also mm-hmm. know what you're going to say when I say that. Oh, Crespin. Well, five, he had five and one games. He was such he inflated by the five yeah. sacks against the Giants. You're not wrong. So I know people don't like to do this with pass rushers and edge, and, and edge rushers and uh, outside backers at time. I'm going to look beyond the sack column just a little bit here. Wow. I know it's not sexy to this. do that. I know that's where they get paid, but I'm going to look beyond the sack column. Last year, J.J. Watt played 1,013 snaps for the Houston Texans. Hassan Reddick played 874 for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, when you look at tackles for loss, Hassan Reddick had 15, J.J. Watt had 14. Watt played almost 200 snaps more. J.J. Reddick, I'm sorry, J.J. Reddick. Hassan Reddick had 63 tackles overall. J.J. Watt had 52, despite almost 200 snaps more. Quarterback hits, J.J. Watt had 17. Hassan Reddick has 16, just one more, despite almost 200 snaps more. So how realistic would it be to ask J.J. Watt to improve upon the production you're probably losing by removing Hassan Reddick and doing so at such a level that it's going to move this defense to another tier. All of a sudden, we're talking about it like it's the Rams defense from last year that led the league. It's not going to happen. 
So though people were stoked about this, and you should be, I mean, I was right there with you. J.J. Watt to the Cardinals, forget about it. It's unbelievable. But let's also pump the brakes in terms of what this means for the football team overall. You're replacing one of 11 on that defensive side of the football. It's not the NBA. It's not insert Chris Paul and all of a sudden you're second in the conference. It's not take LeBron James out of Cleveland, put him in Miami, and you're winning championships. It's not the NBA. It's not one player changing everything. Maybe a quarterback from time to time. Not an edge rusher. This Brady is gonna have a significant this is gonna have a significant impact on the Arizona Cardinals. Don't get me wrong. The intangibles, the locker room leadership, what it does wearing off on other guys, young guys like Isaiah Simmons working alongside a guy like JJ Watt. It's those are all positive things. Mm-hmm. But if I if you're expecting me to change my opinion about the makeup of the NFC West based off of JJ Watt coming to the Arizona Cardinals. I'm sorry. I'm going to play the Karen role today. I just can't do it. I'm going to be the Debbie Downer of the day. I woke up before J.J. Watt posted the video, the picture of him working out in a Cardinal shirt, and I had the Cardinals fourth in the NFC West. I went to bed after his press conference yesterday, and I still had the Arizona Cardinals fourth in the NFC West. Like, If you're thinking this is some transcendent move that's going to take this franchise to the next level, I'm sorry. It's not. No. And, 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 and first of all, first of all, round of applause to you uh, for bringing numbers to the table. Uh, always appreciate mm-hmm. always appreciate that. Uh, no, I, and I'm in agreement with you that I think where I ultimately landed on this when it first happened was, man, if this comes at the expense of Hassan Reddick, and by the way, Ian Rappaport went on um, you know, NFL Network and said that the Cardinals want to keep both Patrick Peterson and Hassan Reddick even after signing J.J. Watt. And so can, it is awesome. apparently... It is apparently in their plans to try to keep this group together. But if it if JJ, if signing JJ Watt, a 31 going to be 32 year old player, comes at the expense of franchise tagging or coming to a long term deal with the Reddick, boy boy do I do I have some negative feelings about that. Boy See, does that concern me. You a and I are bit. different and, and, there, because I would swap if it's if, let's just say the money's equal, right? It's going to be who knows where it ends up. Let's just say it's equal, and you ask me who who do you want? Money's the same. You can have JJ Watt. You can have Hassan Reddick. I'm taking JJ Watt every day every every day of the week, every single time. But I, I don't believe, and I and you and I also differ in terms of what your expectations for J.J. Watt should be this year. I believe being opposite Chandler Jones, you're going to get a guy that's seeing more single you know, one-on-one situations than he has ever seen in his career because he's no longer the dude along the, the defensive line. He's one of the dudes mm-hmm. along the defensive line, and you got to put you got to put equal attention to Chandler and J.J. He's going to see more one-on-one situations than he's ever seen. I think he does get to double-digit sacks. But again, if we're talking production of what you had last year from the Arizona Cardinals, I think tackles for a loss, sacks, all of that, double digits, you're going to see an increase from last year for J.J. I just don't think it's going to be enough to take the the, the production you had last year and move it forward so far. Now I'm thinking differently about this this defense and this team overall. I, I, just, I just can't do that. I think when you take away the splashiness of the move, that it, it very quickly doesn't necessarily improve this team and again that's a weird thing to say about jj watt but ultimately where i stand on this sean is i I think the cardinals are still fourth in the division i thought they were before they signed jj Mm -hmm. watt and i still think they are after signing jj watt by the way i think if they i think if they bring back patrick peterson and hassan reddick i still think i would have them fourth they're an improved football team at that point but i would still have them fourth in the division this is a tough division you have to do a lot of work to, to to make up ground in this division but sean here's here's my issue with it right if Signing J.J. Watt comes at the expense of Hassan Reddick. If Hassan Reddick goes elsewhere, if the Cardinals ultimately don't come to a deal with Hassan Reddick where they choose to not use the franchise tag on him, if whatever results in Hassan Reddick going elsewhere, to me, 
Signing J.J. Watt and letting Hassan Reddick go is a all-in, chips in the middle, this is our only Super Bowl window, this is our window to compete, so we're putting everything in the middle, we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. I don't think the Cardinals are anywhere close to being in that position. And I think by making a move like this, and again, this is nothing against the talent of J.J. Watt, but by making a move like this and letting a younger player leave, go out the door, go play someplace else, it are the types of moves that stop you from being able to create an actual window when maybe Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle, when maybe San Francisco is still trying to figure out their quarterback situation with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? There's a window here in the NFC West that can be created, I think, in the next two or three years. But I wonder if what the Cardinals are doing now to try to make the playoffs. And by the way, there's pressure on Steve Kahn to make the playoffs this year. There's pressure on, on, on Cliff Kingsbury to make Absolutely. the playoffs this year. So I get it. You know, when, when your job's on the line, you make moves like this to try to keep your job. But it might come at the expense of a longer-term window to be able to win here in Arizona, and that's why I'm down on this move. That is why I come down uh, on the side of I don't like this move. It depends. I mean, it, it, let's say let's say this move does not allow you to bring back Hassan Reddick, which I think both of you and I think that's not going to happen. I also, before this move, didn't feel like Patrick Peterson was going to be an Arizona Cardinal next year. Let's say both of them are gone. Uh, and let's say this contract of two years is truly just two years for J.J. Watt here in Arizona. Uh, I don't know how much of an impact that has on their long-term future either. I, I, I don't. You know what I mean? It, Pat, was Patrick was Patrick Peterson in your um, your plan for the Arizona Cardinals two years down the road? You know, no, but Hassan Reddick were you was. counting I, I, on Hassan, Hassan Reddick? Is is more of where my, my trouble spot with this is, and again, I'm not I'm not saying I, I I've said on the show I wouldn't have signed him to an extension. I would have franchise tagged him and made him prove it for another year. But if if signing JJ Watt means you're not even going to explore that option, man, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. It really is because he's a younger player. He's coming off the best year of his career, and you're going to let him walk for a guy that let's face it, playing 16 games has been a trouble has been a trouble spot for JJ Watt over the last couple of years. Yes, he played 16 last year, but can he play 16 games? This year, can he play back-to-back -back years of 16 games? That's a big concern. It just is. You know, I, I love J.J. Watt, the player. I think he's going to do wonders for the community. He's going to be a great person to root for. He's going to be a great leader to that team. I get it. I, I understand why the Cardinals wanted to make this move. But again, if it comes at the expense of a younger player like Hassan Reddick, who might be able to have an impact over a four- or five-year period, that's a tough pill for me to swallow. It really is. You know, the J.J. Watt injury thing, I, I kind of feel like it's blown out of proportion. And I understand when you got a player like him who – only played three games in 2016, only played five games in 2017, only played eight games in 2019. Um, you you know, a lot of times people will, will start to think, okay, how is this guy an injury-prone player? No. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, I just gave you three years in which he got injured and missed a game. I can also list off, if you would like, seven seasons in which he played all 16 games. Yeah, but he's going to be 32, very Sean. What He's 32. That's great, but we but also look at what type of injuries were they? Torn pec, broken leg, like those aren't things that are just injury prone guys. An injury prone guy, like you, know, his ankles are bad. Dude, 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 you know, twists his ankle all the time. He's got bad ankles. He's got weak ankles. You know, that 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 to me is like injury prone guy or guy with you know quarterback who's got shoulder issues. Now that's not that's going to be tough to come back from. You know, that's going to be a consistent thing. Torn pec and broken leg. <laughs> those things happen when you play when you play football so yeah I, I don't look at jj watt as, as as a lot of people do like he's this injury prone player dude played from 2011 to 2015 never missing a game and then he had the back-to-back -back years where he had the issues but then he played all 16 games in 2018 he played all 16 games in 2020 um so and again i, I you know I, I try to look at okay what type of injuries are they 
Are they little nagging injuries that make him miss, you know, a game here, then another game, you know, two weeks later, then another game four weeks later? No, they were big injuries. These were torn pec, broken leg. You know, you know it, that, those aren't things that you just you're like, oh, this guy's always he's always got he's always got something. I don't look at J.J. Watt as a guy that's always oh, always got something. He misses two games, you know, in September. Misses two games in 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 you know early December. He's not that guy. He's just had big things happen to him. So I don't I don't have that as much fear of his injury history as as I think a lot of people do. I'll say this. In order to fairly evaluate the J.J. Watt signing and what it means for the Arizona Cardinals, I think we have to wait to see the rest of the free agency play out for Steve Keim and, and this Arizona Cardinal team. Because I think we'll get a I, I think it's I think it's it's easy to to take this move in isolation and look at what we talked about here, the opportunity cost of maybe some of the guys that will leave and be like, oh, bad move, good move, right? But I think when this is all said and done and it comes to April and it's draft season, we won't we will have a much better picture of what this Cardinals roster looks like going into draft night where the Cardinals will be picking 16. And I think that's a better time to evaluate whether or not this J.J. Watt move was the right signing or the wrong signing, considering what, what players might be leaving or what other players might be able to come in. Because there might be some cat magic here, Sean, with what they do with J.J. Watt's contract and the way they structure it, some guys they cut. And with all the we talked about at the beginning of the show, with all the guys that could potentially go elsewhere and get cut and be available, maybe guys take less money and reset the market and they want to play with J.J. Watt and Kyler Murray in in Arizona. It could be the case. I'm not saying that it's a 100% certainty, but I think it's only fair to to evaluate it at the end. Can we play the J.J. Watt shirt clip before we get out <laughs> here on the show today? Because yeah, I think absolutely. this is really good audio. So this was from his press conference yesterday at the Cardinals facility, and he was asked about the uh, the T-shirt he was rocking because, you know, he the tweet he put out there to uh, to make sure he got the news source out before me. before any of the Rappaports or any of the you know the, the Schefters out there. And yeah, he put the source me and he had the T-shirt on there. He told a, a, a quality story about just how he went about keeping it under wraps to get that T-shirt and five others, by the way. A few days earlier, uh, we had known like kind of the, the final, you know, four or five teams. We had an idea of who the final four or five teams were. So... I had shirts for each team ordered just in case, you know, the situation arose. But we were trying to keep this so quiet that I didn't trust whoever at the packaging facility would not see my name on the package and put two and two together. And so I had my brother's high school friend order, use his credit card and his address, and he shipped the shirts to his house. Um, and then I he brought them over to my house so that we could make this all happen. So... Uh, shout out to Doug and uh, Joe for making this happen. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> they're the they're the true brains behind the, the shirt that I wore uh, for the workout. Just, just absolutely incredible the length that JJ Watt JJ Watt went to in order to keep this under wraps. And now, listen, he's a great guy, and I think that's the thing that I, I kind of fall back on is that he, he's going to be so much fun to root for, and he's going to be so much fun to watch over yeah. the two seasons that he plays here. Um, you know, we can talk about what it means for the Cardinals big picture, but I think in terms of the person, man, what a great signing for the Arizona Cardinals. It is going to yeah. be fun to root for J.J. Watt. I mean, I'll, t I'll tell you a quick personal story. My mom called me when the, when the move happened, and she was like, oh, that's awesome, J.J. Watt. I love that. I, you know, I love J.J. I can't wait to root for him in Arizona. Like, like that's, that, that's, the, you know, that's the impact that J.J. Watt has. Right? Yeah. J.J. Watt played in Houston. And my mom, who lives in New York, uh, you know, watches the Jets – 
Not, you know, and she's like, oh, J.J. Watt, love him. You know, can't wait to watch him in Arizona. Well, I mean, everything, that's a big deal. He, he became such a big part of the just the community there in Houston, you know, and when, you know, when they had the tragedies of floods and all that, you know, he, and how much he yeah. helped out. And, uh, no, and, you know, I mentioned when I was talking about the impact overall for the Arizona Cardinals and it not letting, you know, I'm not going to look at this team as like it's on a different level now based off just one move here. Um you know, I did mention the intangibles, and I think that is a big part. You know, the the working in the locker room. For instance, that that I should have grabbed the audio, uh, but his comments about his teammates in December of last year, after Week 16, after a Week 16 loss, talking about how if you can't get up for practice and for games and be there for workouts and everything on time and just be a pro, you shouldn't be here. And I'm paraphrasing there, but you know, he's he was he was very. He showed leadership there, uh, you know. So to bring more leadership to this locker room, and just have him working with the young, you know, talent on this team. The Isaiah Simmons comes to mind right away for me. You know, here's how to be a pro. Here's how to do it at the absolute highest level in the NFL. Those kind of things are going to matter. You know, your offensive line going against J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones in practice every day. You're you're not going to go up against a more formidable defensive line than mm-hmm. those two, so that that's going to improve the play of your offensive line. Just being able to practice against those two every day, day in and day out. Um, you know the intangibles are going to be there. It's gonna it, it's a great signing, and and I'm I'm glad you said that because yeah, just to bring another guy like that into the community and be a part of the team, all positive. And for a fan base that needed a boost of some type going into an off season, I mean hell, you and I on this show, Schubert. Always looking for positive ways the Arizona Cardinals can improve this team, and I feel like we always come back to a negative. You know, yes, this, this off season was looking bleak. The way the season ended with the losses to the 49ers and the Rams just still had a bad taste in its mouth. This this kind of thing can erase a lot of that, and I think it did. So it's a good it's a it's a good signing overall. And I hope people, when I went on that tangent there a few minutes ago, don't think I I don't look at this as a quality signing for the Arizona Cardinals. I do, but there were a lot of people that were like, "Oh man, we're right there now." And, you're not. You're just easy. Pump the, the brakes, brakes a little bit. bit. That's what I was yeah. trying to get across. That is going to do it for us here on the Wednesday edition of the show. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. You can follow Sean on Twitter at S Crespin zero two. We will be back on Friday uh, to recap the week and get you ready for the weekend. Everybody enjoy the rest of your week. We'll talk to you then.